Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is my newest obsession, and that is Freckled and Beautiful by A Lab on Fire. I need to shout out Esther Procrastinates. If you don't follow her, go do it. You will thank me later. Esther underscore Procrastinates. Esther, I feel like you tried this like a month or two ago, and you told me I would like it, and you were 100% correct. As the name suggests, this fragrance is beautiful in that effortless, like freckled, sunny kind of way. This also came at the perfect time because like four days ago, I was on Fragrantica circa 3am, what else is new, and literally asked if anybody knew of a great candied, syrupy, narrowly scent. I was really craving a sort of gourmandy narrowly, and while this is not candied or syrupy, it is totally a cozy, pillowy, gourmand floral scent. It opens with a burst of narrowly and orange blossom and honeysuckle, but then it's quickly warmed and enveloped by milk and biscuit and a note I wasn't familiar with called amyl salicly, but that's essentially this like synthetic banana note. So picture all of those flowers in a cozy, fluffy bed. And then of course, as the heart comes out, you really smell this beautiful powdery heliotrope. It is just absolutely stunning absolutely effortlessly beautiful and you know it totally checks off my lactonic obsession need craving what would freud say i do not know but i adore it let's get on to our guest because today we have a great one i am joined by annabelle gatt and annabelle is the senior astrologer at vice where she writes daily and monthly horoscopes she is also the author of two books the astrology of love and sex and The Moon Guide, which comes out this May, both available wherever you buy books. But that is not all. If her name sounds familiar, it's because it is. This is the Annabelle behind Annabelle's birthday cake, which you will hear us talk all about in this episode. Also, have you noticed, hmm, as we come upon this new month, is it just me or were we all being a little bit weird about our fragrance collections these past 30 days? Perhaps you were a little bit more conservative with your sprays than usual, or maybe on the contrary, you purged 20 fragrances that no longer served you. Is that just me? Well, guess what? If either of these or anything of the like applies to you, there's an astrological reason for that. And Annabelle is here to share it. Oh, and by the way, we all need to get another set of candles at our tables because perfumes have birthdays too. And if you're going to look up the birth chart of someone you're going to potentially date, you should also look up the birth chart of a perfume you're going to potentially wear. And that is exactly what we do in today's episode. I'm so excited for you guys to hear Annabelle. Annabelle, welcome to the perfume room. How are you doing today? I am great. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk about perfume and astrology and whatever else comes up. These are two of my favorite topics. Um, I literally love the intersection of astrology and perfume so much that I've had multiple astrologers on the podcast. And what I love most is that everybody, there's always a fresh take. The same way that I can talk to perfumer after perfumer after perfumer, and there's a whole new thing to learn that I don't know. I feel the exact same with astrology, and I know we are going to talk about so many things I've never even considered before. But I always like to start the podcast with, what are you currently wearing? Great question. So I'm currently wearing um, two things. I 
frequently layer perfume. Actually, I should reframe that. I'm not always layered with all kinds of things. I only started doing this in recent months. So for a very long time, I was I, I was a perfume purist. I thought you were only allowed to wear one at a time. Mm-hmm. But recently I have been liberated. And now I've realized I can wear as much as I want and as many different kinds as I want. And it is so freeing. And it's really been a part of my Venus retrograde journey, which you and I are going to talk about later. But Mm -hmm. let me get into what I'm currently wearing. So I started the day wearing Comptoir Sud Pacifique Vanille Cocoa, um, which is so good if you want to smell like your for me it's like it's smelling like I'm on vacation Mm -hmm. it's like this whipped cream banana vanilla coconut it's like if if you like suntan lotion and like pina coladas you will like love this perfume Mm -hmm. and then on top of that I also have the sun card by Marissa Zappas Mm -hmm. so between we know her we love her yes which is very solar and comptoir sued um pacifique I really feel like I'm on a little vacation right now it's really Mm -hmm. Warm. I think vanilla cocoa has a little bit of heliotrope in it, which is a note that is in Annabelle's birthday cake, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later too. Yes. I just love heliotrope so much. It's so beautiful and it adds this just like perfect, like powdery sort of like je ne sais quoi. How would you describe, you know, I don't know if I've smelled the sun card. What is, what does that one smell like? So the sun card um, is incredible. The top notes are heliotrope, sweet orange, um, spices. The mid is uh, hay and frangipani. Mm -hmm. And the base is a sheer amber. And the way that I describe this perfume is that it smells like if in a Shakespearean play, (laughs) there were a fortune teller who you went into their little fortune telling booth and you like push the curtains aside like that would be the smell that like came from the curtains and you like were to walk in and they were to pull some cards and they pulled the sun card I mean this this perfume is literally called the sun card right so Marissa and I love working together and I um for this collection that she did I wrote a bunch of like little paragraph long short stories for each of the perfume and I um I have one here for the sun card should I read it yes please all right Pull back the silk curtains and the fragrance of frangipani bouquet on the tarot reader's table invites you in. As she reveals cards, scent memories of fresh hay, amber, and sweet orange come to the fore. Heliotrope and spices perfume the air as she pulls the final card, the sun. She tells you it's an omen of vitality, confidence, and abundance. The sun's gift is a celebration. So that's how we feel about this perfume. You guys are the collab team of the century. I mean, just between the t- your two expertise expertises, what yeah. is the plural of expertise? Your two <laughs> passions meld together perfectly and just create these beautiful scent stories. And that's exactly what Annabelle's birthday cake is, which I'm also noticing like a trend here because I feel like both of those perfumes you mentioned, because when we get into Annabelle's birthday cake, I want to go deep. So I'm holding off on that one. But they both have a sort of like escapist sort of like quality to them. And I feel like Annabelle's birthday cake sort of provides that same idea of just like get out of your head enjoy life's pleasures they're very like hedonistic for lack of a better word like there's something really enjoyable and indulgent in in both of those fragrances that I think carries to Annabelle's birthday cake and I'm wondering what how would you describe your perfume aesthetic and then also does it match your chart 
So as an astrologer, when we think of perfume, one of the planets that definitely comes to mind is Venus because Venus is the planet of beauty and it's also the planet of valuables and perfume is a valuable object. For sure. So we think of Venus, but the other planet that we think of is Neptune and Neptune is all about escape. And I love that you brought up that both the sun card and Annabelle's birthday cake feel like escapes from everyday life. Mm -hmm. For me, what makes me decide whether or not I love a perfume is whether or not I feel like it's transported me somewhere. And if Mm -hmm. it hasn't transported me somewhere, I might like it, but I'm not going to, it's not, it's not for me. It's not an Annabelle scent. I, for me, perfumes are really the doorway to another world. And when I smell something and I feel like I'm transported, that that's what makes it an incredible perfume to me. So um, I forgot what your other question was. I just oh, went just, on this does tangent. That, does that tie into your chart personally? Like, does that check oh, out for you? Okay. So, all right. Let's talk a little bit about my birth chart and perfume. So my my big three is I have Sun in Aries, okay. Moon in Scorpio, and Capricorn rising. And I think that when you hear this com- combination, you might not think that my favorite scents are so uh, girly. I'm a girly girl. Mm -hmm. I like things that smell like candy. I like things that smell pink. I'm just like, I'm ultra, ultra, ultra femme. Mm -hmm. And when we think of like goth Scorpio moon or like button down business, you know, industrious uh, Capricorn ascendant or Mm -hmm. go-getter Aries, like we're not thinking of like soft, pretty, pink, fluffy, pillows you know with like a little I don't I don't know um I don't know you know what I mean just really girly stuff right so I really feel like in my chart where you really see my taste in perfume is even though Aries is kind of this like you know go-getter sign it's a fire sign there's an element to Aries which is also really playful and youthful and I also have Venus in Aries Um, my son and my Venus are both in the third house if you're um, using Placidus house system and I feel like that adds an element of like playfulness and kind of a little a little more light than maybe the Capricorn rising or the Scorpio moon would suggest Mm -hmm. and then yeah I really think that that playfulness of the Aries stuff really comes out because I feel like the rest of my chart at face value, maybe you would expect that I would like really woody scents or mm-hmm. scents that are maybe very like elicit an energy of like passion and like depth. But like those aren't really me. I like Annabelle's birthday cake. It's funny that you say, you know, the playfulness of Aries because obviously you are the expert, but there is something in my head when I think about Aries that I think of like sort of like Victorian era, like I don't know, like roses and like something, maybe, maybe I'm onto something or maybe this is just like a weird association in my head. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you bring this up because I worked with an artist once, Amanda Lanzone on some art for, um, vice. And when we did all of the art for all the different Zodiac signs, I wanted to pull in different elements of the Zodiac signs. So for the Aries illustration, Amanda and I decided to um, make the background red and we had band-aids, you know, because Aries is always, you know, running around and climbing trees and like scuffing their knees, kind of very active. And we also had a speedometer because Aries is always like rushing around. We had matches because it's a fire sign. And we also had like this... um, first place little uh not metal but like ribbon and then also like an image of 
Ares, the god of war, right? So we had a lot of this sort of like Martian warlike stuff, but I also wanted to add a lot of things that were playful because Ares is the baby of the Zodiac and there is something to it, which is very innocent, playful and feminine and girly, even though there's this Mars aspect to it. So we also added a little crochet square and we also made the little Ares ram really fluffy with lots of like really curly little um, detail on it. I'm showing it to you through the computer, which you might not see it. So even though it's clear that um, the Aries energy is very, very much a fighter and a go-getter, we wanted to add these elements of like the other little secret side of Aries that people might not be as acquainted with. Interesting. This is I always say that my big three is very metal. Yeah. You know, Aries yeah. with the ram horn, Scorpio with the stinger, Capricorn the goat. But my taste in perfume is not metal at all. Interesting. We contain yeah. multitudes, you know? We and do. also, yeah. as I'm sure you you probably preach daily, you're not just your sun sign. There's so much more to your chart. Exactly. And there's, you know. With that said, do you have a signature scent or are you kind of always rotating? Um, that is a great question. I have probably lots of scents that I would say are signature scents. I mean, first off, Annabelle's birthday cake. So this is just a question of whether or not you want to talk about Annabelle's birthday cake now or later. Because Let's I have... do it now. Let's do it now. Okay. Aries, yeah. first in the Zodiac. Let's do it right now. So Marissa Zappas, this, well, you know, one of my best friends, um, she is this incredible perfumer. I came to her last year. I was like, So here's the thing. Marissa and I are born one day apart. She's born the day before me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. listen, our birthday is coming up. Um, We're in the middle of this pandemic. Last year, we couldn't have a birthday party. This year, we couldn't have a birthday party. I was like, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, for my birthday this year, if I can't have a party, I want to have a perfume. And that is going to feel like the party for me. So I want to make a perfume and like, let's see if, if people like it. So we kind of created this perfume together under just sort of the energy of like, this is our birthday. And it's all about like, honestly, just like celebrating us, celebrating life. Um, The top notes are heliotrope, lemon sugar, and also balloons, Mm -hmm. which I'll talk a little bit more about why that was important to me to have in this perfume in a little bit. The mid notes are candied rose petals, tuberose frosting, cake fresh out of the oven. And the base notes are honeycomb, Rosa Tonka and Cocoa Absolute. So Wait, can we pause for a second and just yes. those are the most beautiful notes that I've ever heard. Like Thank you. It's one of those things that I'm sure you talk about like so frequently that they just start to become second nature to you. But if you actually break down all that is they're not only are those notes so beautiful together, but just even the way that they're described, like candied rose petals, tuberose frosting. It's it's poetic, even just the way that it was created. Well, you know, Marissa and I are both poets. I it shows it shows yeah. anyway continue I just needed to call that out because people need to just hear how beautiful that is one of my first perfumes which is still my signature scent which I still wear all the time is diesel plus plus a nice lactonic it is so good I love this scent it's super milky it has a little bit of like pineapple in it there's something to it which is like kind of citrusy and definitely vanilla and yeah super milky but there's also this element to this perfume which to me plastic isn't really the right word for it but just to me like it smells like Barbie dolls or something Mm -hmm. you know and so I was telling Marissa when we were coming up with this which by the way I want to know I'm not a perfumer so this is 100% Marissa created this perfume this is her genius this was just me 
talking in her ear being like, I want this, I want this, I want Mm -hmm. this. And let's make a bunch of different versions of it and like see which one we both love. Mm -hmm. So the reason why we have balloons as a top note is because I just love the plastic doll scent in Diesel Plus Plus so much. I was like, I really want to bring that plastic scent to this perfume and I want it to I want it to smell like a cake but not like a real cake I want it to smell like a toy cake a hundred percent very very um well-made high quality ingredient toy cake so if you think back to your childhood if you ever had any scented toys that smelled like strawberry or vanilla or cherry or you know they you would have scented markers that come in grape and all these other flavors um Mm -hmm. I should be clear, this perfume doesn't include all of those uh, notes I just listed, but just sort of that idea yes. of um, scented toys was mm-hmm. one that I really wanted here. And I really wanted to make a perfume for people who just love pink and who love tea parties and who love cake and who love being transported to like another fairy realm. It's kind of like a fairy, very tea party aesthetic. I absolutely totally hear you on the like doll scent and that sort of like cakes if you had a toy that was a plastic cake what that would smell like because they sent it with like a hint of strawberry or something in there yeah and this perfume totally evokes that for me at your guys launch party in the goodie bag you gave those little lip glosses that were those like cupcakes yes and I was like this is spot on this is exactly what this fragrance evokes for me sort of like a kid's lip gloss or like a kid's little like sort of toy that might have some sparkles in it and it's just fun but then I also what I love about Annabelle's birthday cake is that it is grown up it does have an elevated twist as fun and and youthful and easy to wear as it is the cocoa in this I want people to, at least my opinion, it's not, I wouldn't confuse it for like Hershey's milk chocolate. It is like a cocoa note. Like it reminds me of like Santal Majuscule by Serge Luton's. Like there's something really warm and like a woody sort of earthy chocolate and sort of like cacao that grounds it. And so you have this like playful, fun thing that's cakey and sweet and kid-like, but there is something really feminine and really deep and sophisticated and elevated to it. It is an extremely sophisticated perfume. And even though technically it's a gourmand, we call it an abstract gourmand Mm -hmm. because there's something about it, which even though it has these gourmand notes, it's not exactly a gourmand. And for people who are kind of hesitant about gourmands, I would say definitely give this perfume a whiff because if you usually don't like gourmands, you might really like this one. It is extremely sophisticated and mm-hmm. it is not a literal interpretation, but a very really imaginative and creative one. Mm-hmm. Marissa Zappas is a genius. Yes. I hope yeah. she's listening to this and her ears are burning because she deserves all the praise. And this is also a perfume you really need to try on your skin versus just the blotter because when I first smelled this, I was in Marissa's apartment. She sprayed a lot of different ones. I really liked this one. To me, I was just like, what a nice gourmand. And I didn't think much of it except for the fact that I liked it. Then I got home, I had a tester of it and I put it on my skin and like that's where the magic happened. That's where I was like, oh my God, this is sexy, but youthful, but warm, but soft, but everything. And just wearing it out, like it just made me happy. And I found myself smelling it. I felt like it was great for like a date night, but it also felt like something for me. This is essentially now just has become an ad to Annabelle's birthday cake. But you guys know I don't give these compliments lightly and it's really special. 
Hello, hello, it is me. Are you feeling inspired and you're looking for a new fragrance? Well, obviously you need to try Annabelle's birthday cake. And also I should mention it is now sold on Lucky Scent, but I also wanted to just take a second and talk about my current affiliate partner. What does that mean? It means if you use my codes at any of the following sites, not only do you get a discount on your purchase, but I get a slight commission. It is what we like to call a win-win. I'm very transparent about my affiliates and I'm also very discerning. I am not partners with any brands whose fragrances I don't personally wear. So here's the lowdown. At Commodity and Twisted Lily, you get 10% off any purchase, sample kit, full bottle, travel size, you name it, if you use the code PERFUMEROOM10 at checkout. At Kirin NYC, you get 10% plus a free sample if you use the code Emma V at checkout. At Chorus, whose bottles are already priced under $50, you get an additional 20% any purchase with code PERFUMEROOM20 at checkout. They also have amazing skincare products, by the way. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I just want to say if you are looking to make a purchase with any of these brands, I am partners with them for a reason, and I am so more than happy to give you my recommendations. Shoot me a DM. Let's chat. Just in terms of, like, developing together, like, what, so would she make different mods and you would smell them and wear them? Yes. That's exactly it. She would make different mods. uh, We would smell them, and we made many different mods we went through a lot of them Mm -hmm. yeah and then we had another veteran of the podcast who we absolutely adore liz renstrom who photographed it right yes she did what a trifecta team of just like your imagination marissa's insane talent liz's photography it just everything about it is just so perfectly encapsulated in all three of you the photos she took are incredible the thing about scent is that it is i'm gonna go off on a tangent here go major tangent this is a perfume hot take okay so for most people i think for many people scent you know is uh one of our most powerful senses but a very nonverbal one Mm-hmm. And for people who are into perfume and who love perfume, we develop a lot of language around perfume and it kind of exercises a different part of our psyche and of our intellect. And it kind of makes us a special breed of people. And I almost feel like that is one of the reasons why many people who are into astrology are, into, are also into perfume and vice versa, where even perfumers who don't necessarily believe in astrology still have fun talking about it because it's one of those things that is so much about weaving a story and perfumers can appreciate that, you know? Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, we smell these perfumes and we have to come up with descriptor words for them. And it really exercises like a different part of our brain. Mm -hmm. And going back to astrology and how Neptune is one of the planets that rules perfume, in my opinion, Neptune is the planet of film. Mm -hmm. And to take a photo of a perfume is a really big responsibility because as they say, a photo speaks a thousand words. And the way the, the photo is going to look is somehow going to translate into how people think the perfume is going to smell. Right. Because perfume, there's an element to it, which not perfume, but just scent in general that can feel really nonverbal. And if you don't, if you aren't practiced in explaining what, you know, heliotrope smells like or what violet smells like or what, you know, musk smells like. You might not even know where to begin if you have never been familiar with those terms before. Describing a a smell can be really difficult for some people. Anyway, Mm -hmm. basically my point is that 
I really, I, I love the photos that she took so much. And one of the reasons that I love them, other than the fact that they're just gorgeous and super fun, is that I really feel that by looking at them, you can really get a strong sense of what this perfume smells like. Yes. And I think the fact that the photographer, aside from just being insanely talented, Liz, the fact that Liz is so well-versed in perfume, she mm-hmm. could, she had the skill to say, like, I actually do know how to put this in a photo because I actually do know how to express this verbally and visually. Yeah. How did you figure out the release date of this perfume? Did you think about the astrology behind it? And what is the horoscope of, of Annabelle's birthday cake? So yes and no. Um, the release date was my birthday last year. I was like, I don't care what's going on astrologically. I'm in the middle of a pandemic. I just want this freaking perfume to come out on my birthday. This is yes. my birthday gift to myself was to have a perfume. Mm-hmm. So on my birthday, uh, March 28th, uh, 2021, there was a Sun-Venus conjunction in Aries. So again, I am an Aries. My my Venus is an Aries. And at the time this perfume was released, we had that same lineup taking place of the Sun and Venus and Aries, except in this chart, unlike in my chart, in my chart, there's simply a co-presence in Aries. But in this chart, they are conjunct. They're only a degree apart. The Sun is at seven. Venus is at eight. What does that mean for people who, who don't know those words like myself? Absolutely. So a conjunction is when when two planets are occupying the same or a very close degree in the zodiac. So the sun, if we're looking at someone's natal chart, has a lot to do with someone's destiny. Sometimes we say it's about someone's ego. But when we're looking at the, let's say, quote unquote, birth chart of a perfume, um, or if we're taking a look at like the current transits of where the planets are, we might describe the sun more as what the focus is on for that season. So Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. It's the it's the first sign of spring. So it's very much about renewal and birth and um kind of really highlights that go-getter energy of Aries. You know, spring is blooming, but also that playful innocence. Mm -hmm. So the sun is where our focus is. And Venus is the planet of love, money, beauty, harmony, our values. It's all about like unity and very much about beauty. Mm -hmm. So if the sun is what our focus is on and the sun is at the same degree as Venus – the focus is on love. The focus is on beauty. The focus is on smelling absolutely delicious. So this was a great thing to have for the launch of the perfume. And it was also a full moon, which was uh, which can be a really great time for releasing things. Uh, that's, that's what we had going on in the chart here. What a great yeah. birth chart for this fragrance. We were talking before we recorded this interview about potentially talking about the birth charts of some other popular fragrances. And... Though I am not the biggest fan, I thought it would be fun since it has become a thing that this fragrance comes up in every episode. I thought it would be fun to compare the birth charts of Baccarat Rouge 540 and Mm -hmm. Ariana Grande Cloud because they are so popular right now and Cloud is often referred to as the best dupe, air quotes, for Baccarat Rouge. So I have to be honest with you. I've never smelled Cloud. Okay. But I have smelled Baccarat Rouge everywhere. And what do you think about it? I don't love it. So, you know, one of my first perfumes. So I got Diesel Plus Plus. I think I was in seventh or eighth grade or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I smell so cool with this perfume. I, like, Mm -hmm. loved it. And then um, I got my hands on Angel. Okay. Now, Angel is a force to be reckoned with. 
And when I first heard of Baccarat Rouge, someone told me, like, oh, it's, like, the next angel. And I think the reason why they said that is because angel really, uh, really, I, I don't want to say change the perfume industry. It but did. I feel. It did yeah, change you know, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it did. And so I had really, really high hopes for Baccarat Rouge. But when I smelled it, I was like, I don't, I don't get the hype. I wasn't transported anywhere. Mm-hmm. And as you know, you need to perfumes be. to me are, are, are a ticket to another world. And this just took me nowhere. Wow. Okay. Took me nowhere. So haven't smelled Ariana Grande Cloud. Not the biggest Baccarat Rouge fan. And I do have uh, two charts in front of me, but I have to say that I don't know the time that either of these were released. Okay. And I'm also kind of just assuming what these release dates are. For mm-hmm. Ariana Grande Cloud, I simply Googled Ariana Grande Cloud release date and I got September 23rd, 2018. So I'm just going with that. Let's take it. And for Baccarat Rouge, I couldn't find anything online about when it, it was released exactly. Hmm. So what I did was I went to Fragrantica mm-hmm. and I took a look at their trending timeline and I saw the date that it began trending on Fragrantica, which was November 25th, 2015. So I'm using that as the start date. I love this internet sleuthing. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, this isn't. Astrology isn't an exact science to begin with. Astrology is the most valuable when we use it as a jumping off point for talking about other ideas. So that's mm-hmm. what we're doing here. We're not looking at this like, oh, we're talking, we're judging something about Ariana Grande Cloud versus Baccarat Rouge. Like that's not what this is about. No. This is a jump off point to talk about something else. So here's where we're jumping off from. Okay. Ariana Grande Cloud, the sun and Mercury were conjunct in Libra. So we just talked about conjunctions. Conjunctions are when two planets are at the same or very uh, close degree on the zodiac wheel. So the sun was at zero degrees Libra and Mercury was at two degrees Libra. That's very, very close. It's a conjunction. Okay. So again, the sun speaks to the focus, right? The sun is a big old giant flashlight highlighter in the sky and whatever it's doing in the zodiac it's going to be our focus during that period so it was conjoined mercury which is the planet of communication Mm -hmm. so this is a focus on communication which i mean frankly for selling a product is wonderful because mercury is a planet of communication but also commerce so this is great for just spreading the word about something did you hear about ariana grande cloud you know like there's a lot of buzz so Taking a look at this Baccarat Rouge chart, which, again, we don't know if this is even the right chart, but this is the one I found. Mm-hmm. Here we see the sun at 2 degrees Sagittarius. Okay. Mercury at 7 degrees Sagittarius. So, again, we have a conjunction of the sun and Mercury adding to lots of buzz. It's the same thing that Ariana Grande Cloud has, except in a different zodiac sign. In Ariana Grande's cloud, it's in Libra, which we think of as being this very diplomatic, easy-to-get-along-with sign. So I this almost is fascinating. I almost feel like this is a, a perfume that can get along with anyone. I have so many thoughts. And in Baccarat Rouge's case, it's in Sagittarius, which is a very gregarious sign, definitely a party animal. And maybe I need to smell Baccarat Rouge again, but I wonder if there's maybe something about this perfume, which is very, does it have really long wear? Does it have really big reach? Because that would be mm-hmm. very Sagittarius. It has a, like an insane sillage. And that's what it's known for is like, just, I think of Baccarat Rouge as a Sagittarius scent. Like I did a video of like perfumes mm. for each Zodiac. And I think about, because- one, I think of it's just sort of like it, it has a presence. Like you walk into a room and regardless of your opinion, the sillage is insane and you just smell it 
which I feel is very Sagittarius. And then when I think about Cloud. Totally agree. With Cloud, they wanted to make something that was just like really likable by whoever wore it. And what's interesting with Cloud is you see people who have all these different fragrance preferences all uniting that Cloud is the best celebrity fragrance. So here's another key, key, key difference between the two. Okay. So at six degrees, Sag, in between them, we have Saturn, which is the planet of responsibility, discipline, and maturity. And I feel like that adds an edge here, which I think is fair to say that Baccarat Rouge is probably the more mature of the two. Mm-hmm. And I would guess more expensive. Oh, way more. Yeah. And that is a very Saturnine quality where it's just a little more, I don't want to use the word refined because as I understand, Ariana Grande's cloud is is really well made and, and is a quality product. For the price value and the ingredients, it's a, yeah. a huge performer. Exactly. With Saturn involved in this conjunction here for Baccarat Rouge, it adds this element of sophistication, sophistication and maturity. But, you know, I know a lot of very young people really love Baccarat Rouge and are like, you know, spending all of their holiday money on it. You know, know. it's wildly popular with teenagers or something. Which is very insane to me, but I digress. Wow. (laughs) This is so interesting. It's really just interesting to think about. I think we don't think about like objects or items having horoscopes, but astrology gives life to everything. Yes. My perfume juice of the day is that I need to share with you guys some new niche fragrances I am absolutely loving. We have already covered Freckled and Beautiful, but I recently ordered 14 different samples from Lucky Scent and there were several that just won my heart over instantly. So besides Freckled and Beautiful, some others I am obsessed with are... Cartusia Terramia. And you guys, you can get a bottle of this for $80. Terramia is what I wish Montal Intense Cafe were. It opens up with like a really strong coffee note, really fun, and very quickly dries into that very familiar sort of coffee, rose, vanilla combo that you know and love with scents like Intense Cafe, Rose Vanilla, Gentle Fluidity Gold, that whole sort of genre. But the reason I love this one aside from its price point, is that there's also this beautiful white floral note. And additionally, I find that the dry down in Terramia lacks that sort of plasticky, fuzzy note that I get in almost all Montal Gourmands. Still love the brand, but that is one thing that I can't stand. There's like this weird dry down. If you know what I'm talking about, let me know. Terramia is everything you love about Intense Cafe, but a little bit more affordable, niche, Italian, and no bad dry down. I so recommend it. Okay, let's do two more. The second one that I love, which also retails at $80 a bottle. Yes, the bottles are a little bit small. They're 30 ml, so take that as you will. I still think if you want to get into niche at under $100, this is a great way to do it. And that is Stranger's Perfumery Chocadie. The perfumer Prin Lamros is one of my favorite perfumers. He's so imaginative with his notes. And this is inspired by sticky rice pudding. And when I first smelled it, immediately I thought of this special breakfast that we used to make when I was a kid, banana mocha French toast. I get this feeling of like summertime fun, but I also smell a distinct gourmand and I smelled banana and nutty notes and coffee and chocolate. And then also this beautiful coconut and yellow floral of frangipani. 
those aren't all the exact notes in the fragrance, but that is so what it is evocative of. It reminds me a little bit of Vacation Ink. If you added one, a double dose of yellow floral to it, and then all these really fun, playful gourmand notes. There's also this gorgeous rice note in there. It is one of my favorite new, interesting, unique gourmands, and I feel like it is the perfect fun time summer scent. Okay, the third one I want to talk about is a Sasha Spielberg recommendation. I was asking if she knew any great peach fragrances I was not familiar with. And she said, you must try Peche Cardinal by Parfum MDCI. And she was not wrong. This is a gorgeous peach tuberose bomb. I love it. The sillage, the projection, the longevity is amazing. I put it on myself at night and the next morning I still smelled it on my skin. And immediately the two notes, as I said, that are competing for the spotlight are peach and tuberose. And it is a combo I am so fond of. It reminds me almost of like a very, very bougie bodied bubble bath. And I adore it. Back to the episode. You were talking about like when you were wearing Angel, when you were wearing Diesel Plus Plus, what was seventh, eighth grade Annabelle like? So I was in seventh grade in 1999. Okay. So, you know, Y2K was around the corner and I was really excited about the future and how things uh, were going to we're going to be in the new millennium. And I loved astrology when I was in seventh grade and I'm an Aries and I really identified with these like common keywords of Aries, which is like independent and fiery and like, you know, essentially girl power. Mm -hmm. You know, I was all about it. And one of the reasons I loved Diesel Plus Plus is because there was something about the bottle, which was very, I don't want to say futuristic, but very kind of abstract and something almost kind of cold and intellectual and boundaried, but also still very feminine. And these were all things I really took pride in as a seventh grader of being on the cusp of independence, someone who was like really smart and really capable and really fun and exciting and interesting, but also I had a level of like independence. I was a New Yorker, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. I went, I would go to the diesel store next to Bloomingdale's on 61st or wherever yeah. it was back when it was still around. And, you know, I, I would go there and I would go get my diesel plus plus perfume. And I felt like such an adult, you know, right. and there was something about it that really added to that. And I really took a lot of pride in being a New Yorker. Right. And then... As I got into high school and after high school, I was really into, I don't know, and I don't know exactly how to pronounce this, Musty or Musty, M-U-S-T-I. I've seen that bottle. I've never smelled it, but it it looks like something like like mother baby scent based on the packaging. Is that what it's it is? A, it's a baby cologne. It's a baby cologne. Okay. It's a baby cologne. And I love this. This is one of my other signatures. Absolutely love this scent. What does it I've smell gotten like? So many bottles of these. So musty is super floral. It has a bit of honey to it. It's also like a little bit like herbaceous, but it's like mm. really sweet. Uh, chamomile, like I mean, kind of when you think, uh, yeah, like honey chamomile, almost like Soothing. almost smells like a, a a tea that you would drink before you go to bed or something like mm. that. It smells so good. So, um, yeah, growing up, I loved astrology, and that's a bit of my perfume history. Wow. And at what point did it go from like, oh, I like astrology to like, I can do this and this can be my profession? 
Great question. So I started studying it independently. I would just go to Barnes and Noble and sit in the astrology section and read whatever books were there and take like, you know, uh, just I would just search on the Internet and like take notes. And then eventually I found my astrology teachers and Ortley and Mark Walls through an astrology circle. What's an astrology circle? So there used to be this place called East West Bookstore on okay. 14th Street and 6th Avenue. And once a week on Tuesdays, I think it's 6 or 6.30. It's closed a long time ago. So if you show up, it's not going to be there. <laughs> um, for an hour, they would just talk about what was going on in the world, you know, politics, pop culture, whatever it was. And they would also talk about what the current astrological transits were. And they would tie it back into what was going on astrologically. So we just... It was just a place to listen to people talk about astrology for an hour. Mm -hmm. So I started going to that and then I studied really in depth for a while. And then when I met those teachers in 2007, I realized that this could really be a career because I always thought, like, you know, maybe one day when I retire, I will publish an astrology book. Like I didn't mm -hmm. realize that people actually did it as a career. Mm -hmm. Like this is before Instagram, you know, like nobody, I, I didn't have a window into other people's worlds who were doing this. My right. only window was books at Barnes and Noble where I was like, I don't even know how someone gets a book deal. Like it just seemed like it was right. a completely different world, a completely different life. Like it didn't seem possible or relatable. But once I met my teachers, I was like, oh, they do this day in and day out. And that made me realize that it could be a possibility for me. So then after a few more years in 2009, I started practicing astrology for other people where they could like purchase a reading and I would consult with them and look at their birth chart. In 2013, I started writing. And in 2015, I started writing the daily and monthly horoscopes advice. And that's what I've been doing ever since. What an amazing yeah. journey. Okay. The last thing I want to talk to you about before we get to the final segment of the show is we cannot ignore the Venus retrograde in Capricorn that is going on right now. Yeah. So going back to earlier in the episode when I said that I've just been spritzing all my perfume and I've been doing that as of late. It's because I realize I have all of these beautiful, wonderful things and I, I don't really use them because I'm I'm kind of very precious about my things. So I have these incredible perfumes and I'm so um, hesitant to spray them because I don't want to like run out. But then I end up not using them and I end up not enjoying them. Mm -hmm. And I'm it's basically like I'm not really appreciating them. So why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because we're currently in a Venus retrograde. And Venus is the planet of love and money and beauty, but it's also very much about our values and our physical belongings. And right now it's retrograde in Capricorn, which is an earth sign. And for me, it's really asking how we're engaging with our assets and with our resources. And for me, it's like, you know, if I have these amazing perfumes, but I'm not going to use them, what's the point? Mm -hmm. I may as well pour it out and pour water in it. Right. And Venus in Capricorn says, use me, says, mm -hmm. spritz me, says, eat me. You know, it says, it says like, like engage with it. So during retrogrades, there's this element of like revisiting the past that can come up. And specifically for Venus retrograde, there can also be an added layer of feeling much more intense or much more sensitive about things. So people might be feeling a little more um, intense now than they were before. And for, for me, I am really looking around at all of my stuff. And at the beginning of Venus Retrograde, what really hit it, kicked it off for me was I was looking at all of these books I have, and I haven't read many of them in years. And I'm honestly probably never going to again. And mm -hmm. I sort of realized I don't want these things as decoration. Right. Unless it's really a photography art book or something. And, you know, maybe I can have one or two of those as 
decoration, but I still want those books to be books that I actually enjoy flipping through as as well. Like I just I don't need things in, in my apartment that I'm not using. So I started decluttering my books and selling them or giving them away. And then in our relationships, it's also asking, um, you know, Capricorn has a lot to do with responsibility and showing up and being present. And I think Venus retrograde in Capricorn is also asking if we're feeling like people are being responsible in relationships as well. That's really interesting. I really think what you brought up about like, I don't want to say the word hoarding. I don't want to use that word lightly, but I think there's a parallel between like book hoarding and perfume hoarding in that one, if they're, they're very aesthetically pleasing to look at Two, it's very aesthetically pleasing for like guests to come over. If people come over and they see you have a deep collection of books, if people come over and they see you have a deep collection of perfumes. It's like a really nice thing, but they're also the type of things that are sort of like, sometimes they're meant to be ephemeral, but we keep them forever. Like you can read a book once and absolutely love it and not feel like you need to read it again, but then you have this hard copy of it. And it's the same with perfume. Like a perfume could bring you joy, but do you need to have a bottle that would be like 300 sprays of it? And I feel like, yeah, I guess it's an interesting time that that this retrograde is making people think about assessing what they need to keep and let go of. Totally. And like, you know, personally, I, I have books that are my favorite books that I've only read maybe once or twice, and I'm probably not going to read, read it again, but I'll keep them because I really love them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't need 200 of those because mm-hmm. I can just pick the ones that are really special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how I feel about perfume, yeah. too. You, if you If it doesn't bring you joy, it doesn't need to have a place taking up your space. Yeah, and like, for example, the Sun card, I regarded it with so much awe mm-hmm. that I was really precious and like only like spraying it like once a month or something mm-hmm. and now I'm like no first of all I am personal friends with Marissa Zappas I right. can just walk She'll out get over you to her a new one if you need it yeah. <laughs> yeah like I don't I don't need to be so precious about it I can indulge in it every single day and love it and it just adds it adds pleasure to my day it reminds mm-hmm. me of my my friend who I love and care about so much mm-hmm. and the amazing things that we've done together right Isn't it so bizarre that like the things that bring us the most pleasure or that were like the most um, monumental purchases or acquisitions, we are the most afraid to use? Like it's it's so backwards. It's so if you spend a lot of money or something meant a lot to you, it's like enjoy it. What what does a Venus in retrograde? So so for everyone listening, I'm not as smart as you think I am. And Annabelle had mentioned the Venus retrograde in Capricorn, hence why I brought it up. But I don't exactly know what it means. Aside from what it does to you. Okay. Venus is, again, the planet of love, money, and beauty. And Mm -hmm. as Venus moves through the zodiac signs, right now it's in Capricorn, Mm -hmm. it'll occasionally pause and then we'll move backward through the zodiac, pause, and then move forward again. Mm -hmm. So that process of Venus moving backward, which, by the way, Venus is not literally moving backward in the sky. It's just – it just appears to be doing so. Um, in our ephemeris when we are looking at the position of where Venus is. Mm-hmm. So basically Venus is retracing the degrees of the zodiac that uh, Venus has already crossed over. And it and depending on the planet, there might be a little bit of a different um, twist to it. But in general, because the planet, in this case Venus, is moving backward through the degrees, it's kind of like we're going to be revisiting things or there's this, this sense of redoing Okay. So if there's a Mercury retrograde, there's definitely the sense of revisiting. We might run into old friends. We might be redoing, re- renegotiating things, rethinking things. Um, with a Venus retrograde, again, there can be that, that sense of revising or revisiting things, but also that added layer of intensity or sensitivity 
with a Mars retrograde, again, revisiting things, but perhaps also feeling um, a little bit um, unsure about where to focus our energy because Mars is so much is so goal oriented. So we could talk about the the slight differences with each planet. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I ever really fully grasped what the difference was of like Mercury's in retrograde versus Venus in retrograde besides like seeing people posted on social media and saying that that was to blame for all the things that were going wrong in the world. Okay, Annabelle, we have one final segment of the show and that is rapid fire scent association in a segment I call What's That Smell? Mm, What's That Smell? So basically, I will throw out people, places, things, and you just tell me the first smell that comes to mind. Okay, great. Okay. Annabelle, what is the smell of your childhood? Chocolate. What is the smell of your teenage angst? Makeup. What is the smell of happiness? Hmm, the smell of happiness is Annabelle's birthday cake. What is the smell of your home? Hmm. Snakes for hair candles, for sure. And other than that, I would also say um, incense, rose petals. I have so many things in my house that are smelly, and I love it. What is the smell of 2022? Um, Imperia La Divina. I love that. Okay. And the final question. What is the smell of Annabelle Gatt? Well, again, Annabelle's birthday cake. I mean, that is totally my smell. I think um, I also really uh, identify with roses. I love, I, I just love the the archetype and the lore and the history and the magic of roses. So definitely roses. And I think that there is something else about me which might smell a bit velvety. Mm. And I think, um, you know, I'm all about pink. I smell pink. What yeah. shade of pink do you smell? Um, you know, I'm just a nice, bright Barbie pink. Barbie pink. I love it. That's the smell of Annabelle. Okay. Annabelle, this has been so much fun talking to you. I feel like I have so much wisdom that I have gained from this episode and insight into your seventh grade adventures in New York City, um, which bring me such joy. Where can people find you? um, Order Love and Sex, Moon Sign Guide. Tell us. Probably one of the easiest ways to find me is simply to go to my website, annabellegat.com, A-N-N-A-B-E-L-G-A-T.com. And um, there's a, a link right there on the homepage for Annabelle's birthday cake, which- um, Oh, yeah. And I, order Annabelle's birthday cake. Duh. Yeah. Order Annabelle's birthday cake. And then uh, you can also, be, you can find my books at any major uh, bookseller. So that, you know, wherever you happen to buy books, ask for mine. They might have it already, and if they don't, they can order it for you. Amazing. And um, on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Annabelle Gatt. And on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Annabelle Gatt underscore. And I also have a Patreon where I talk about astrology. So Patreon.com slash Annabelle Gatt there too as well. Amazing. Guys, go follow Annabelle. If you take absolutely nothing else from this episode, it is that you must try Annabelle's birthday cake. It has been such a joy talking with you, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 